an optimistic look at artificial intelligence and the job market. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Dr. Andrew McAfee, Principal Research Scientist at MIT and co-founder of the MIT Initiative on the Digital Economy. Welcome, Dr. McAfee. Thanks for having me. So what is the mission of MIT's initiative on the digital economy? My colleagues and I feel like we're living in this period of astonishing technological progress and change, and we're trying to figure out how that change is going to affect the world, how it's going to affect jobs and wages, the labor force, business models, competition, or the state of the environment and the health of the ecosystem. Why is how many jobs will be killed by AI the wrong question to ask? Uh, because A, it's too pessimistic. And B, it ignores the fact that AI also creates jobs at the same time, that it is going to automate some jobs away. And it's just kind of ignorant of history. We have seen this pattern before. The steam engine put a lot of people out of work. The internal combustion engine put a lot of people out of work. But what we continue to underappreciate is that technology surges also create lots of demand for jobs and labor because they allow innovators and entrepreneurs to create entirely new industries, entirely new companies, and they have to staff those things up with people. So we have not seen massive technological unemployment, even though we've got a couple centuries worth of experience with very powerful technologies. So agreed, many pre-digital economy job types will disappear. Digital economy jobs will certainly be created. We, I think many of us agree, but, but will those who lose their pre-digital jobs have the skills and disposition to thrive in a digital economy employment? Uh, that is a problem for us all to work on. And let's keep, let's keep in mind, the skills that you needed to work in a factory were very different than the skills you needed to work on a farm. But we accomplished that farm to factory transition earlier in our country's history, and we did it without wars or insurrections or massive famine or anything. We can pull off these big transitions. So reskilling for the digital age is a very real challenge, a very serious challenge, and it's kind of an all-hands-on-deck challenge. We need policy, we need changes to our educational system, we need people to be open to the idea of pretty deep reskilling. So it is all-hands-on-deck, but to kind of say it's hopeless or, or digital non-natives can't master the new skills, I, I think that's way too fatalistic and silly. For those who find it difficult to make the switch from pre-digital to some advanced offering, a, a universal, some, some say that we should offer some sort of offering of a universal basic income, a cash grant from the government to everyone, whether they're employed or not. So what is your research around this idea shown you? The, the best, to me, the best argument in favor of a UBI is that there are people in our society who do incredibly valuable work uh, a stay-at-home parent, for example, or somebody who's looking after an elderly relative. Those are really valuable things to do, and they're not compensated right now with money. Great. That, to me, is the kind of the prime justification for a UBI. Other than that, I don't really love the idea because it doesn't solve what I think of it as the actual problems. We have communities that are in tough shape these days where the jobs and the social capital and the, and the connection just aren't there anymore and the deaths of despair are rising. And I always conduct this thought experiment where I say, okay, in those communities, which problems would be solved by a check from the government with no questions asked showing up every month? 
And when I phrase it that way, my answer is not very many at all. So I'm a much bigger fan of an intervention like a negative income tax, where if you're out there, you're trying to play by the rules, you're trying to work and earn an income, but your income is low, Let's top up your income. We, we know how to do that with the tax system. The US has a small negative income tax right now. It's called the Earned Income Tax Credit. All the research I've seen says we would be much better off if we massively expanded that thing. There are some obvious differences between artificial intelligence and being human. And I think one of those that comes to mind is creativity. Can, can AI really beat humans at some one of the probably most human traits of all, creativity? Creativity is a super squishy word to me. Coming up with a move in a game of Go that will lead you to victory, a lot of people would have called that a very, an inherently creative task up until the AI beats the best human Go players. Now, I think the first AI-generated novel is a long, long way away. But to me, that's not creativity might be the wrong word there. It's more about understanding this world that we live in and understanding the human condition. And the AI is just terrible at that stuff. So I prefer to think of things like um, empathy and, under and theory of mind, understanding somebody else and understanding what it is to be human. We can fake some of that in a lightweight way, but actually baking that into technology is is I think a long, long, long way off. I, I'll be surprised if I ever in my life read the AI-generated novel that, that isn't obvious and doesn't suck. <laughs> well, there's one point of view. So what have you found regarding the trend line of entrepreneurship? Is it on the increase? Is it on the decline? Uh, here's some uh, unpleasant news. Silicon Valley, with all of its amazing activity, is an, an exception to the rule. The rule is that entrepreneurship in America is on a long, slow, steady decline. It's not just a great recession phenomenon. And other flavors, other aspects of business dynamism are also on a long, slow, steady decline. Uh, the rate of new business formation, the number of people moving across the country, job mobility, these things are all kind of heading in the wrong direction. Uh, the deeper problem is we don't know exactly why. I have, I've heard a colleague describe it as death by a thousand cuts, but my point of view is we'd better figure out as many of those cuts as possible and repair them and try to get this patient healthy and dynamic again. What type of steps should we all take to prepare for the changes and disruptions that we'll certainly experience as the economy continues to go more and more digital? We need to be prepared for lots of industrial disruption and trying to prevent that from happening, I think, is, a, is an absolute fool's errand. We do need to change our educational system. Turning out people with basic skills that can read and write and do arithmetic, the computers are better at a lot of that already than we are. If we actually train people to not just solve problems, but recognize problems that need to be solved, if we train them to be socially aware and be good coordinators and negotiators and persuaders, most of our educational system is pretty individualistic right now. If we could actually teach people or set up our system to train people for the skills that will be in demand 5, 10, 20 years from now, as far as we can tell, that would be a huge step forward. The country that figures that out is going to have a real leg up in this world that we're creating. Dr. Andrew McAfee, Principal Research Scientist at MIT and co-founder of the MIT Initiative on the Digital Economy, and I should also add author of More for Less. If somebody wants to connect with you, Andrew, maybe they want to get a copy of your book, how can they do that? 
Uh, go to Amazon. The book is called More From Less. Go to andrewmcafee.org or follow me on Twitter. I'm A McAfee, A-M-C-A-F-E-E. Thanks again. And if you guys want to find more of my interviews, you can do that right here or go to tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching. Thank you.